Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. I heard a couple of chuckles there because if you know anything about Ecclesiastes, um, it's not exactly the most chipper book in the Bible. Uh, you know, it talks a lot about life being what? Vanity. It's all in vain. Sounds like a, you know, kind of a doom and gloom uh, book, and it's just kind of, uh, it's, it's, it, there's no purpose to it. It's just all emptiness and vanity. In fact, if you look at the last, uh, I think it's the last verse of, of here, chapter 11, and this, this is about as negative as it gets here. For childhood and youth are vanity. Is there like extra wind in here today? I'm having a hard time keeping my Bible closed. Paperweight. Even, even, even childhood and youth, uh, 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 Solomon is saying, are vanity here. That's, uh, that's pretty negative. I mean, when I was a child, I mean, those were pretty simple days. Pretty, pretty happy days, you know. I mean, I know things get a little more complex into adulthood, and, and uh, all of a sudden you have a little more, maybe to, uh, more things to be concerned about, and things uh, get a little more, more intricate. I can understand that, but, uh, you know, what, what, what Solomon's really doing is this. What Solomon's doing is he's saying, you know, the, the, the way that people normally, the way that people normally tend to live their lives is vanity. When people don't have any perspective in their life as to what it's really meant to be, it, there is emptiness. And that's really what that song was, was talking about there. I didn't know they were going to be singing that there, but it was the contrast, you know, between uh, somebody who says, what is life about? Is, is this life just emptiness? I mean, I, I don't really see the purpose of it. Then coming to the realization then the goodness of God and the design of God and the provision of God, uh, life is a wonderful thing. <laughs> it is a wonderful thing. And, and we're going to see actually in this passage here some vital truths that will help us in our perspective so that we will have purpose and meaning in our life and so that life won't be just vanity. And, uh, and, and so um, there was a little story I... I ran across uh, uh, this week. I, I did want to say one thing, though, that the, uh, let's read verse 1 there. It says, uh, Ecclesiastes 11.1, 1, it says, Cast thy bread upon the waters. It's kind of a strange thing to do. Some of the guys did a little bit of fishing uh, um, this, uh, this, this, uh, uh, the men's uh, getaway. And I guess you can use various things for, for bait. I don't know if you could use bread or not. That might make sense, you know, if you put that out there and try to hook a fish with it. But just to throw bread on the water, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't make a lot of sense. That would seem like an exercise in futility and vanity, wouldn't it? Um, Cast that bread upon the water, for thou shalt find it after many days. And uh, the reason why, it was good news that there was eight, eight kids on the bus this morning, but the reason why is because we have, we have a bit of a team right now. Um, we have a bus captain. We have a bus co-captain, and they work together um, to go out and to, and to knock on the kids' doors, on their house doors, and to, to remind them, you know, kids' church is coming up tomorrow. Uh, we'd run on the bus. We'd be glad to pick you out, talk to the parents. Um, it's kind of like casting some bread in the water, right? Because it might be, uh, I said, look, this is kind of, this seems like a waste of time. Probably nobody's going to come. 
You know, kids can choose to do a lot of things on Sunday. You know, why, why are they going to come to kids' church? Uh, well, we have a great program, and, and uh, the kids do love it. But, you know, it could be when you can't see what's going to come of it, at that point, it might feel like I'm just throwing my time away, right? I'm going out here for a couple hours, and, and, uh, and I, I can't really see what's going to come of it. You know, it may just feel like you're just throwing, throwing some bread uh, on, on the waters there. But, uh, you know, that now today, there's the returns from that. There's the returns from that. And I'm thankful to have, we have a bus driver as well. Uh, we have a bus driver. Um, and uh, the only thing is, this particular bus driver, um, he goes different places during the wintertime. And, uh, and so we do have a need for bus drivers. I'm very thankful for the ones we have. Uh, uh, we do have a person right now that's in the process. Pray for that. They're in the process of getting their bus license. I have my bus license, but I'm trying to... I'm trying to duck out of the loop of some of those things, too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Sandra's got a bus license as well. We need to talk. All right. So uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, the Lord's good, and he provides for those things. Um, there's an author. His name is Charles Martin, and uh, he speaks about an, uh, an experience that he had when he was younger. He, his dad had gotten him a bike, and it was back in the... I could, I could identify with it because it sounded like it was back in the, you know, the glory days were the 80s, weren't they? I mean, those are like the, the <laughs> in some ways. Uh, but what, uh, those kind of my, my, my days, you know, in the 80s um, was when I was growing up and uh, I had a dirt bike. They call them dirt bikes back then. And when I first got it, it was just like this, this kind of the run-of-the-mill bike with sort of like a banana seat on it. And it just had like the normal kind of skinny tires and everything. But I, I, I did a whole bunch of changes. I customized that thing. I got the, the, the knobby dirt tires, you know, uh, put on there. And I changed the seat to a BMX seat, you know. And uh, I, did, I did a whole bunch of things on that to, to really uh, retool it. And so this guy was talking about how his, his father had gotten him a, a dirt bike. And they did a lot of the same things. I was kind of laughing about that uh, to his bike. He got it just the way he wanted it. It's all spiffied up and all, all ready to roll. And uh, his parents had been talking to him about sharing. And they said, you know, I mean, um, share, with your, share with your brother if he wants to ride your bike. And said, yeah, yeah, I can probably do that. And if some friends want to check it, you know, don't be, we're giving you this gift. It is yours. But it's also an opportunity, you know, to, to maybe to, to share. So one of the first times he rode his bike, he rode it. His parents gave him permission to go down to this, uh, to, to this parking lot and ride around over there. While he was there, a boy came walking up and was oohing and on over his bicycle. So he started showing him his bicycle and everything and the tires he'd put on it and, 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 uh, and talking about the seat and all this stuff, the, the, the bells and whistles. And uh, the boy he'd never met before was like, oh, wow, that's nice. Oh, man, I never had a bike like that. Well, it came down to the point where it became evident that the boy would like to, like to ride the bike. And, uh, and, and, and so um, Charles was like, well, you know, this is my bike, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty attached to this bike, but I know I'm supposed to be sharing, so I'm, I'm going I'm to share my bike. I'm going to let this kid that I've never met, you know, he said, T keep it right here in the parking lot. You know, ride around a couple times. Go ahead. I, I, I'd be glad for you to do that. 
Well, the, the other kid jumps on the bike and starts riding around, and he's like, oh, yeah, this is great. Oh, man, this is like just my size, too, and I'd like to get a bike like this. And, yeah, these tires are great. They have a lot of traction, a lot of grip. And Charles was getting a great joy out of this. It was warming his heart, you know, to see somebody enjoying. He was sharing. He was a good kid, and uh, someone else was enjoying his bike. After a couple of laps, the boy no longer started riding the bike back towards him. He started going in a totally different direction with the bike, which kind of alarmed Charles a little bit. And if you want to hear the rest of the story, you've got to be here at the end of the message, because we'll, we'll talk a little more about that. <laughs> All right, we're in Ecclesiastes uh, uh, chapter 11. And uh, it does say there, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you'd help us now as we look at your word. That you'd encourage our hearts, Lord, that you would uh, 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 teach us uh, more about yourself. And that you would show us how, uh, by your design, life is not to be, meant to be futility, emptiness, and vanity. It's really supposed to be just the opposite. And I pray that you'd open these things up to us as only you can. In Jesus' name, uh, amen. So it is a great uh, uh, analogy here. And if it was just physical, it wouldn't make sense. Uh, you know, to, to take some bread out and throw it on, on, on water, um, what does that even mean? Well, it is an illustration and it's, and it's an illustration of something spiritual. And when you think of the illustration of something spiritual, it, it does make a lot of sense. Because it's, it, what it's saying is, even though it may not make sense at the moment, humanly speaking, to invest the way that you are as a believer, there will be returns for that. Even though it may seem at the moment like you're just scattering bread out there, something that could be eaten and enjoyed, uh, you know, I'm thinking, I'm th when I was reading this, I was thinking, uh, my wife's a great cook, but last night we were, uh, uh, you know, second best cook in the world is probably my mom. Um, and, uh, and, and we were over at her house last night, and she made homemade cinnamon rolls. My mom can cook some bread. And uh, she makes uh, homemade loaves of bread, and, 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 and she makes uh, um, uh, brown bread with raisins. How many of you had my mom's bread or rolls before? Yeah, they're hard to beat. They're hard to beat. When we were first, uh, when we were first married, my, uh, my wife attempted to make bread. And uh, it, was like a, it was like a paperweight. It was like, what is this thing? You know, it wasn't like light and fluffy. It was like really dense. I was like, if I drop this on my foot, it's going to break my toe. My wife's not here, so I can use all kinds of illustrations this morning. Um, so I did something really brilliant. I said, call my mom and get her a bread recipe. That went over like a lead kite, you know. Uh, but my... My wife, does, she, she did perfect it, man. She makes really good bread now. My wife is, uh, uh, she's a great cook. But, you know, I was, I was thinking that sort of bread. I mean, maybe like, you know, a fresh loaf of, 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 of homemade bread. And if I had picked that up, you know, I would, I would want to take that and take, cut it off, cut a piece off of it. Uh, we used to, I used to like the, uh, the end piece or the middle piece. You'd break it and we called it the funny piece. And that was the, the piece that looked a little different, but it was like really, it was like a little extra texture to it, and it was so good. You put some butter on there. Are you enjoying talking about food right now? It's lunch, what time is lunch time? Uh, and then put some honey on there, some jelly, some homemade jelly, you know, or some jam, blackberry jam, raspberry jam. And I'm thinking, man, you know, I don't want to just, I don't want to eat that. I don't want to throw that out in the water somewhere. See the illustration? All right? And sometimes, you know, it feels like that. Like you're, 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 you're living your Christian life and, 
And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about giving here this morning. You're thinking, oh, you know, I, I go there. And, yeah, I mean, I appreciate my church. But, oh, man, you know, it takes a little skin out of me each, each week to say, you know, I wanna, I wanna, I, I'm going I'm to put this, uh, uh, this check towards the Lord's work. And, and as I do that, sometimes I'm feeling like I'm, I'm throwing that bread out there. And sometimes money's called bread, right? Isn't that one of the dough or bread? And, uh, and, and, and you know, I mean, I, I don't really see at the moment what that's going to benefit, Right? And that's the illustration. And, and so it says there, cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. What's it saying? Well, somewhere along the line, when you invest for the Lord in that way, you know, it will, you, you'll, you'll find it again, in a sense. You'll find it again. And uh, I do, I, 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 I like how, uh, if you think of this in a spiritual sense, you know, Jesus is called the bread of life. And he's also called the living water, right? And uh, so there might be some, uh, some application you can make there. But uh, as far as giving, you know, sometimes it's not always glamorous, all right? Um, hey, this is a wonderful truth, and we, and we like the, we shall find it again after many days, and, and we like the aspect of the blessing that can come from the investment. But at the, at the time, you know, when you're, when you're putting that bread out there, it's not always exciting and it's not always glamorous and it's not always like uh you know okay we're gonna have this missions conference and missionaries gonna come here and uh you know they're they're, they're ex some of them are just starting out and they're enthused about what they're being called and they have these these aspirations and uh um they they have these these dreams they're pretty idealistic maybe about how it's all gonna pan out uh but they're they're ready to throw that bread out there right and then they, 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 they actually get into where they're called and the people aren't maybe responding as they, as they, you know, as they continue to give and to invest and, and things aren't progressing the way that they envision and uh, home is a long ways away and a lot of factors can come in that they're not quite as, humanly speaking, exciting at the time. They're not feeling it maybe quite the same way you know, as when they first talked about it or responded uh, to the call. Uh, one of the uh, missionary stories I always think of in, in relation to these truths is a guy named Otto Koning. Have you ever heard of Otto Koning, the guy there in Papua New Guinea? How he had great you know, dreams of winning all these, uh, you know, these natives in Papua New Guinea to, to Jesus and, and went there. And these people were like chronic thieves. I mean, anything that he wasn't watching, they, they, you know, they had, he, had, he talks about the different things. Like he had, they had safety pins and they'd be missing safety pins and the, you know, the, the natives would come by and they'd have the safety pins in their ears or in their nose. You know? <laughs> And uh, they'd steal their, their clothes off the line, you know, all of a sudden. They didn't wear a whole lot there, but all of a sudden, you know, one of them would show up and he'd be wearing, like, one of his, one of his shirts. He knew it was his shirt, you know, and it had some sort of emblem from the state that he grew up in or something on it, you know. And uh, they just stole everything. And, 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 and ultimately, it's called the pineapple story. You ever heard that before? The one thing you thought, okay, you know, they steal all my stuff. At least I'll, I'll have this pineapple patch. And at least I'll be able to keep that, you know. I mean, I can't keep them from, like, taking all this other stuff, but I'll have my pineapple patch. We'll be able to enjoy these nice pineapples that we grow here. And they did grow really nice pineapples. It was, like, perfect soil for it, perfect conditions. And they, and they, and they, they grew these pineapples. They are just getting to the point where they were going to be ripe enough to eat. And guess what happened? <laughs> Sometime during the night, all the good ones would disappear, you know? And, uh, and they stole his pineapples, too. Well, they started to get a bad attitude about it. You know, all of a sudden, being a missionary wasn't all it was cracked up to be, you know. And, uh, and the very people that he was supposed to be there, you know, feeding, giving the bread of life to, and giving the water of life to, 
um, he was irritated at him all the time. He was mad at him. <laughs> he was like, uh, these people are annoying. And, and so, you know, it was like, wow, do I keep throwing this bread out there? Do I keep, you know, do I, do I keep doing this? And, and so sometimes we have to make up our mind that, look, God's called me to invest in these things. And even if it's not on the surface at the time, seeming to reap a lot of dividends, we're going to stick to what God has, has called us to do. And uh, another person, and it is a funny story in, in, in a lot of ways if you ever get to, to hear that story there, but uh, this is on a more serious note. Um, Jim Elliott put it this way. He is no fool to give up that which he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Do you know that Everything that Otto Koning, if he was doing it out of his heart for the Lord to serve and reach those people, God was keeping track of all that. And God ultimately will give back greater rewards than, you know, a pineapple <laughs> or, or something else that we're kind of like holding close to the vest because this is mine. You know, I deserve to have this. And, uh, and so casting your, your bread upon the water. I say, well, how does that apply? Well, don't miss the blessing of investing where God wants you to invest. Don't miss that blessing. Don't miss the, the, the returns of that. And uh, it says, uh, 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 in, in verse 2, it says, give a portion to seven and also to eight. And in seven there is the, kind of like the number of completion. And so it's, it's saying, look, be willing to, get, to, to give of everything that God has, has asked you to give, and then if you have opportunity, give some more. It's a privilege to give to the Lord. Now, God doesn't need, he doesn't need our bread. He doesn't need our money. He doesn't need anything that we have, okay? He gives us the privilege of being a part of what he's doing. It's like getting in on, you know, I mean, people sometimes they want to get in on, a, on an exciting uh, business venture at the ground level, right? And, uh, and sometimes, man, when, the, when you do, it's, it's a business that ends up prospering. And I'm, man, I'm glad I got in on this. Right? And it gives great returns over time. Well, that's, that's wonderful, but that could, that could never compare to investing in God's business. It can never compare. It's laying out treasures, you know, for yourself in heaven where, where nothing can get to that. It, it's, it's, it's laying out treasures in a, in a way and investing in something that has returns that we can never measure here uh, on earth. You give a portion of seven also to eight, for thou knowest not. What evil shall be upon uh, the earth? And, and, and so it's saying, look, you know, you, you have no guarantees. You have no guarantees of what's going to happen in the future. You have no guarantees how things are going to pan out in your life. You know, you think you have it all in order. You think you have a nice and neat package. You think you have the plan that's going to uh, produce the dream that you want for your life. But you don't know what, what evil is going to befall all that. What you can know is that God's plan is going to go forth with or without us and that his work is not to be denied and it's a sure thing to invest with him it's a sure thing and uh, you know a lot of people i mean they kind of i guess you call it roll the dice on certain investments and sometimes it pans out sometimes it doesn't with god the investment is laying up treasures um, in heaven and say so how does that work how is it all kept track of well that's what makes him god you know he can do that <laughs> um and uh and, and then some people say, well, you know, because we're going to talk a little bit about here, if we all 
do our part as God leads to, to give to, to missions for this next year. And I put, I get, put the little slips there for you, for you to pray about. Some of you might look at it like this, though. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I signed up for X amount last year. And, you know, if I'd have taken that money instead and put it in a Roth IRA, you know, then like 50 years from now, imagine how much money I'd have to give the Lord. I think I'll do that instead because ultimately, I mean, I'm going to have a lot more to give to him then. And I can't really do both right now. So you see sometimes how we start to think. But see, the thing of it is, is we don't know what type of evil is going to defall, uh, befall in the meantime. I mean, that's human reasoning. You know, there's no guarantees in all that. What there is a guarantee of is that God has given you blessings right now. And out of that blessing, he asks you to be open and to be cheerful and to be willing to, and it may feel like this, to throw, you, throw your bread out on the water, knowing that he's going to bring returns for that, knowing that that's always a great investment uh, uh, for him. And, uh, and so um, it says there in verse 3, if the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. In other words, there's an analogy here. There's an illustration. Look, the clouds aren't made to get all of this moisture, right? To, to, to get filled up. By the way, it's quite an ingenious uh, distribution, water distribution system that God set up, isn't it? If you think about the, the evaporation and the filtration, a lot of it's coming from, from salt water. The filtration, the purification of that, then it goes into these vessels, these clouds, and then it's distributed. You know, uh, we live in a place where plenty is distributed uh, for us to have fresh water all the time. I mean, those are, those are little blessings sometimes we don't think of. But the idea is, and, and the Bible says that God causes it to rain on the just and the unjust, right? God's good. Like He's, 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 he's a giver. God's a giver. You know why God wants you to be a giver? Because he's a giver and that brings him joy. And he realizes that when you are a giver as well, you're serving a function that, that, that comes from being made in the image of God. And it'll bring you a, a unique joy being connected to him. And so you're like a cloud. There you go. Man, a little storm cloud? Nah, not a storm cloud. Um, you know, it's, it's like a cloud that collects... <laughs> That collects water, right? And is that, is that cloud meant to just keep that water then indefinitely? No, the water that the cloud collects is meant to be distributed. And think about when that's distributed, what the, what the water from a cloud might do. It'll water gardens, it'll bring forth fruit. You know, it'll, it'll be consumed by, by people that'll give them vitality and life-sustaining uh, 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 nourishment. The water from one cloud could invest in a lot of things that I could keep going on. And instead of just hoarding that water, God made the cloud so that it fills up with what God puts there and then it's distributed for purposes that bring great returns. And that's what it's talking about here. And then it says, if the tree fall towards the south or towards the north and the place where the tree falleth, uh, there it shall be. And, uh, you know, you might be thinking, well, you know, I mean, I think life's just kind of random. I mean, whatever's going to happen is going to happen anyways. You know, we can't really control the way the trees are going to fall. I mean, you go out there in the woods and, and, uh, and, you know, in Maine, we have a lot of deadfalls. You look at the deadfalls, are they all like lined up like little corduroy things, you know? 
or they're piled up perfectly, so you just go up there and cut, you know, cut them very easily. No, they're like all over the place. Now, you know, if you're going to, and I, I, I accumulate a lot of wood, I'm always looking for wood because I have an outdoor boiler. Yeah, uh, and so I'm always, you know, and I get in a different situation. Sometimes it's a nice, neat pile I can cut up, but a lot of times it's just like stuff that's falling all over the place, you know? And it does seem kind of random. Look, mankind, in the vanity of not living their life in relation to a God who loves them and has a plan for them, they see life as just kind of being random, and you've got to make the best you can out of it. You've got to stack your own wood because nobody's going to do it for you. And, uh, and you know, it might just be uh, that, that there's all these, these crisscross deadfalls and it's all just kind of random. And you've got to do your best to, work, to make your way through it. What a joyous way to live life. Instead, God wants to say, do you know, it's not always the case that everything just has to be random. Do you know that I want to use you at times to fell a tree in a certain direction? <laughs> And to, uh, to, to, to use that, you know, for, 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 for productive purposes. Things do seem kind of random if we're not purposeful and intentional. If we're not looking and saying, hey, there's opportunities in this life to be used of God to, to make a difference. <laughs> to make things uh, um, by His grace happen for Him. Look, the bus isn't going to fill itself up. It's just not going to happen week by week that kid, you know, families are just going to call here and say, uh, the, the first thing that we thought of this week is that you want, we want you to come by and pick up our kids for, for church. And, and, uh, and just we want, please do that. And if we, can, if we can help you fill your bus up, we just want to be a blessing to you. In that. That's not going to happen. What is going to happen is that you go and you add some order to things by, by doing some cutting and doing some stacking. And, and, and put in some effort into it. And you, and you say, you know, I want to, I wanna, even though it doesn't, I, mean, I don't know what else is going to come of this, but I'm going to go and I'm going to seek to make a difference. I'm going to make these contacts. I'm going to communicate for the Lord and I'm going I'm to look for Him to work through it. And I don't know what we're thinking as Christians a lot of times when we think, you know, there's a plan that's been given and we're being asked to give to it and to invest in it, but somehow we think that we can just kind of sit around and it's going to kind of happen. It's just, it's all going to fall into place. Everything's going to perfectly come together and it's all going to, you know, work out for great abundance and fruit. That's not the way it works. <laughs> there has to be those that, that invest, that give, that say, this is what I want to get returns from right here. And, uh, and, and, and to put our hearts uh, uh, into it. And so, um, verse 4 says, he that observeth the winds shall not, or the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. Let me tell you this. We're going to uh, do the second part of, of, uh, of the, this message next week. I will tell you the end of the bike story in just a second, though. <laughs> Let me tell you this, though. There'll always be a human reason for you not to invest for the Lord. There'll always be a reason. There'll always be, you know... Some wind that doesn't seem to be blowing in the right direction. And there'll always be some cloud on the horizon that seems to be threatening what you're about to do for the Lord. And if you're always looking at the way the wind's blowing, and you're always looking at what the weather might be or what cloud might be on the horizon, you'll never take those steps to do more for the Lord. Because there'll always be something. 
And if, you, if you've been a Christian for a while, you know that, don't you? There'll always be something that whispers in your ear to say, no, nah, you know, don't throw your bread in the water. And it's just going to get soggy and sink, and that'll be it for that. Right? Instead, just enjoy it and consume it for yourself. I mean, after all, that's what bread is made for. Ultimately, that's vanity. Because the people that have that approach in life are everywhere. And ultimately, they don't end up having the same purpose and meaning in their life as somebody who says, you know, I know there's a risk to it, humanly speaking, and I know that it may not give the returns that the world might, might, might think is, is great and wonderful and prosperous. But I know that as I do this for the Lord, I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to trust Him that He'll use this, that He'll multiply this, and that He'll, he'll uh, um, bless me forward as well. I'm going to trust Him in that. And uh, so the kid, you know, I mean, he's there, and he had this bike, and he really liked that bike. It's the best bike he ever had. And it was his bike. He took the risk of sharing it. And you know what happened? That scoundrel that borrowed his bike liked it so much that he just rode off on it. He never saw it again. <laughs> oh, sad story. The guy lost his bike, and he probably never had another bike again in his life, right? Well, he did get another bike, and, and uh, he ended up, you know, uh, he ended up getting a bike that he said that he would have outgrown that bike in a little while anyways. And God gave him a bike that ended up using for many, many years, and, and it was all fine. It was all fine. But why do I, why do I get, tell that story? Because a lot of times when, we're, when we feel like we're investing for the Lord, we kind of have this mentality. Here I was working for God and I was giving to God and now look what happened. I was trying to share and the guy stole my bike. Now there was, there was different reactions at that point that could be had. Either, you know, Charles could, could, could from that point on be an angry person who never gave and shared again. Or he could say, well, <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to you know, we flipping about it, but the Lord giveth and taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Did this kid that stole the bike later in life, you know, become a model citizen because he was so touched from the kid that was willing to share, share with him that, and he ended up getting a bike from it? Who knows? Probably not. Maybe. Maybe later in life he looked back at that and made some decisions. You know, we don't know. I mean, the bread was cast on the water and God takes it from there. Don't hold on to it anymore. <laughs> Don't say, you know, I I'm doing this for God, but ultimately you were just doing it for yourself because you're going to get mad if it doesn't work out the way that you want it to work. <laughs> because the thing of it is, you see, God is always working. And that's going to be so clear in the passage next week. That's going to encourage you to say, you know, to, 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 if we stop at that point and take it to heart and continue to walk in those truths, We'll never have the attitude of uh, like, oh, yeah, I was trying to serve God and now look at what happened. We'll forget that. Because we'll know. We'll know that it's true. What the verse says there. Cast thy bread upon the water, for thou shalt find it after many days. Let's pray. Lord, life can be vanity and, and 